0: Hey now, today is May 30th, 2021, as we are recording this episode of the Hugo Floss podcast. You know you're here to listen to not me, but Nancy Hugo in the house.
1: Oh, you're kidding. They're all here to listen to me? Well, I'm going to say happy Memorial Day. Hope everybody's having a great weekend or had by the time you listen to this. Yes, I just read something where they said seems like things are getting back to normal, and this is the first holiday that people can get together and celebrate, although this is not a holiday to celebrate it, anything other than, um, I guess, the people who gave their lives for us. But that being said... Yes, this is. I'm in Phoenix, and everybody knows you're in Las Vegas, and um, we typically have the hundred degree weather. So most of my life, I stay in the house and try to do things that are interesting, and I'm sure you do that too, right, Dan?
0: Yeah, interesting for whom? I suppose would be the qualifier, but yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: I'm I am not jumping in with both feet, despite the fact that I also am fully vaccinated since. February, uh, since the end of February, well, <clears throat> since February 24th, I think that, you know, the two weeks after the second shot, but, um, I, uh, go to the gym and I wear a mask because I think it's good to send the message that not everybody is throwing caution to the wind and you never know. I mean, who knows who's going to show up to the gym in Las Vegas, but, uh, Yeah, I'm still cautiously optimistic. Uh, uh, Vegas is going to be 100% open on June 1st, so Tuesday. Tuesday at uh, 12.01 a.m.
1: Oh, this is going to be like the ball dropping in Times Square. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll see what happens. Um, I think personally that there are people who would use the mask on a semi-continuous basis. If they go into a crowd, if they go shopping, right now in Phoenix or wherever I shop, uh, they're saying some stores are saying you have to wear a mask, and some of them are saying, "Well, it's up to you." As everybody in the store is wearing a mask, so you don't want to go in there being the only one, or maybe do you? But I did go to a event, an event last week. Got to use proper English here, and it is every- encouraged. Yeah. And everybody didn't have a mask. I brought my mask. I thought, am I going to be the only one wearing a mask? You know, and that's a subject to talk about. I know all these people. So would I have said to them, well, I don't trust you. I'm putting my mask on anyway. Or do I say, you know what, I'm concerned about myself, my family. So therefore, I am not going to go without a mask. Well, I found out later on there was a girl who put a mask on. She looked around, and she took it off because she was embarrassed. I didn't put the mask on, but I didn't stay in crowds. And being a person of small stature, when I'm in a crowd, I'm at everybody's elbow level. So maybe that's a good thing because they're talking above my head. But then again, those droplets might fall on my head. So um, <laughs> I try to stay out in the hallway, away from the bulk of the people. Um, I don't know. Will we ever get back to normal? My gut says maybe in five years. But then again, who knows, maybe another something will roll into our country and we'll have to go back to wearing the masks. So I would say don't throw your masks away. They're going to come in handy. I don't know when, but, yeah, those are things that you want to keep. Like candles, you know, when your electricity goes out and you want to be able to put your hand on a candle or on your cell phone to turn the light on? Well, you're going to need those masks, so trust me. That's my gut.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I mentioned Vegas is throwing Throwing the masks out, uh, <clears throat> all all, uh, all caps on on um, what do you call it? On uh, what do you call it when people you know in, indoor activities? All all uh, occupancy caps are removed. Effective, like I said, twelve oh one June first, so that's Tuesday. And <clears throat> there, uh, the announcement was that Nevada will follow the CDC guidelines. And CDC is not a regulatory agency. It's an advisory. So they said, hey, here's our suggestion. And everybody said, uh, see, they, they said no more masks. So anyway, so the governor of Nevada said they're they're going to follow them. So June it was supposed to be prior to this uh, advisory. It was going to be when 60% of the population of Nevada or I guess Clark County where, Deva- where Las Vegas is, when it was sixty percent vaccinated for the of those eligible, they were going to start lifting caps. But the CDC came out with these new guidelines, and uh, yeah, they said, "Oh well, yeah, we'll just follow that." So I think Nevada statewide is something like thirty or thirty-five percent vaccinated, and I don't know about Clark County specifically. But and then when you th- when you look. If you if you were to go downtown, people have just thrown you know literally thrown their masks out and on the, the guidance, floor
1: probably huh, on the sidewalks.
0: Well, yeah. The caveat is if you are fully vaccinated, right? So you've received if it's a two shot protocol like Moderna or Pfizer, or one shot like Johnson Johnson, Astrazeneca, plus two weeks after, while the vaccination begins to uh, take hold in your body. So then you can throw the mask away. But in Vegas, nobody's checking. And I've joked that in a city that um, if you don't have your, your driver's license or some form of ID, by the way, they sometimes don't even take a passport. So you really just got to have your driver's license. <laughs> I don't know how international travelers fare, but uh, or else forget about going into bars and, and uh, all that. So you got to have your ID. But- don't worry about vaccination. Yeah. We'll just trust you on that one. So I think that's sort of uh, hypocritical, but such is life. Vegas is definitely roaring back. Uh, That's where the money is. So nobody is doing anything to uh, raise any concerns. So we'll see.
1: Wilson, that's a good uh, phrase. We'll see because there are people who would go to Vegas. If that was their last place on earth to visit, it would be Vegas. And so I'm sure they're getting their tickets for the holiday weekends, July 4th or whatever. And I'm sure Vegas is just busy.
0: Maybe, but I understand that Memorial Day weekend, so now. So we're recording this on Sunday. So it's already in full swing here in Vegas that Las Vegas has been the number one travel destination for this holiday weekend. Which is, um, I'm sure somebody will be quick to point out. A, a return to pre-pandemic times when Las Vegas was the number one destination city in the, in the world?
1: Well, I looked at my schedule for the year on um, events for um, uh, trade shows. that And, every, well, they're right back to where they were, scheduling in Orlando and Vegas. Uh, so everything is like it was uh, pre-pandemic. So... You know, you know what they say: if you uh, put your head in the sand, the things don't exist that you don't want to know about. So we'll see what happens. Is that what they say? I've never yeah. heard that
0: one. I just made that. <laughs> but yeah, well, um, you know, I, I'm not going to worry about it, so it doesn't exist. Stop um,
1: fact-checking me.
0: Well, yeah, and so I'm. Uh, <clears throat> I just I look at our data. Our in Nevada uh, testing is way down, so they talk about case positivity and test test results, not test positivity, case test positivity or test case positivity, I think it is the numbers are down. So that is the percentage of positive cases is down, but so is the testing. And I, I read this at one point. Um, testing is not random. It's usually opt in, right? So uh, I'm going to go get a test. Okay. So you go get a test and then or positive or negative, so if you decide not to get a test, then you are not contributing to the potential increase in case positivity and therefore shutting down the economy. So there's a there's a non-trivial amount of pressure on people to not get tested. That sounds weird, but uh, and this is anecdotal, but I just back when I was using Facebook still like two months ago, I read people in the Vegas area posting that, like, ah, don't get tested. You're just going to throw the numbers off. Just stay home. If you feel sick, stay home. That's brilliant.
1: You know, um, while you said that, I'm thinking maybe I should bring this up, but May was Mental Health Awareness Month, and I think those people need help. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people need help. Um, The Mental Health Issues Let's face it, if you go shooting up people in a crowd, I can't say that you don't have a mental health problem. Um, and I hate to get away from your analysis on the pandemic, but I'm noticing that maybe I'm noticing it because I'm, it's popping up in my newsfeed more, but what's with these people shooting up groups of people? Uh, San Jose, New Jersey, and it just happened last night in Miami. Somebody went to a concert and shot up by over 20 people. Are these people crazy or what? Yes, they're not sane. They definitely need um, help in, in the mental department. Now, somebody can say, well, you you know, we shouldn't sell guns. Well, they're going to get the guns no matter what. But too bad there wasn't a little button you can put on their forehead. that says, I've got mental health issues. And when the thing lights up, you go, okay, you need help. Unfortunately, you know, you can do all sorts of things technologically. They've come up with so much, but they can't come up with a way to say, well, this person, as he's growing up, he's going to have mental health issues. We need to get help now before he shoots people. Uh, it's probably never going to happen. And then they tell people, well, the friends of these people should be aware of all of the uh, things that might happen, the clues that might pop up. Uh, That's hard too. So what do you do? Stay away from crowds again. These poor people who went to this concert thinking they were going to have fun. Well, look at what happened in Vegas a couple of years ago. So you're not safe anywhere.
0: We are number one. The VTA lot, the uh, VTA yard in San Jose had the eight, no, nine, nine victims plus the shooter, all employees of VTA, the Valley Transit Authority. I think it is, and uh, in San Jose area in the in California, and you know, news trickles out here and there. The the person was detained in some way or investigated by the FBI, but they didn't tell the local agencies or so. so there's, um, and that's, that's just one anecdote, but there is, um, <clears throat> I've never flown through Israel's airports, but I understand that you have to get to uh flights hours early and then they hold you in a, the waiting areas and they just have people watching as if it's uh, like casino cameras here in Vegas. Everybody's, everybody's always watching. So they just watch people. They watch for tells and anybody who looks or seems suspicious and they'll pull your, uh, your everything, travel history and whatnot. So the, you know, the, uh, was it Ben Gurion? Is that still the name of the airport? Safest airport in the world or something? Who knows? But the, the uh, the psychological assessment of people over time is something that the smart home will almost certainly do eventually.
1: Well, you hope.
0: Uh, Facebook has tried to do this with, with uh, depression. I think they try to detect potential suicides. I don't know how successful that's been with your posting habits and whatnot, but really it's a shame to leave that to a commercial entity like that. That's so awful. But to me, the smart home, especially if you're carrying around this uh, supercomputer in your pocket all the time, it should be able to detect things. And I think I've said this before, but if if your smart home could, yeah, it can, it can turn lights on and have a camera on your front door, but it should be able to detect when you are having a health change mm-hmm. or when you're your physical activity is diminished, right? Or, you know, like you're sitting around more or you're eating more or you're not eating. So these are things that without invading your privacy, because it's just your home doesn't have to send it to Facebook. Yeah. (laughs) So, so this sort of analysis could take place at home and it could say, Hey, Hey, Nan. (laughs) Hey, Dan.
1: You know, as you're talking, I was thinking, I don't know if this is possible, but let's face it, um, inventions have come from people brainstorming and saying, what if, what if? Well, there's a paint that's available on the market that you can put on your walls and it will absorb sound. Well, what if there was a paint that could check on your mental ability, your depression? You know, if you're seeming not like yourself. Uh, it could even be that maybe you have cancer and you don't know it and it could detect, you know, like some dogs can detect cancer cells. Um, but the paint would be a perfect way of checking on people because everybody has walls.
0: I'm not sure why paint would be the thing, but certainly, like I was saying, your your home, since you live there, it could be gathering data Without having to send it to the cloud, right? It can some some fairly simple inputs like um, changes in body weight, changes in eating habits and sleeping habits. And there's already sleep tracking. And there's you could measure you know, your body weight because a scale sensors built in de- scale, right? Sensors to detect food spoilage. Yeah, uh, would be interesting. But generally speaking, uh, Target is sort of famous now for being able to tell when somebody's pregnant or uh, ill, I think, like if people are buying cold medicine or whatever. So Target profiles user, customer activity, buying habits and whatnot. And they're able to guess with a surprisingly high rate of accuracy, which has been off-putting for some people, which I, I guess I understand. But if that's, it, that's a commercial entity. So if your home could just take a few inputs and then and then later, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this here, but the smart toilet idea, because you do have a, a tremendous amount of health data that you flush down the toilet, literally. Mm-hmm. So a smart toilet that would be able to <clears throat> do some basic analysis and say, hey, some, something looks off here.
1: But where would the information go? I mean, the person who's depressed sitting in his home, if he gets a note, hey, you're depressed, he's not going to do anything about it. Because if he did, he can very easily walk out his door and go to the doctor, go to a shrink, go to the hospital, go somewhere to get help, go to a support group. But it would have to, the information would have to go someplace, some relative or maybe directly to his doctor if he has one. What do you do? There are people who really don't want help. Those are the people who Sure.
0: Need it. Sure. So, well, you can start with the people who do. Uh, I don't know if anybody listening has had a manic depressive situation to to uh cope with, but I think from what I understand the uh, typical scenario is that the individual will be will visit a doctor or will be in some way diagnosed with depression because in a manic state, they tend to, and I'm being very generalized here. I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but they will tend to be, ah, I'm fine. I don't want to take my meds. I don't want to go to a doctor. I'm feeling good, all that. So they'll be diagnosed for half of the condition, not the cycle. But if you're home, not a cloud service, not Google. And by the way, Google's getting into medical assessment tools and whatnot so we'll see how that goes but if you're home if if not not if you are home i mean the home that you live in can participate in your wellness and you are in a in a diagnosis situation you're you're in a doctor's care then that's that would be like maybe the the foray into this and eventually people who don't know they're having a problem the house might say hey you're uh are you doing okay you know like if there's the understanding that your house is participating in your well-being perhaps that would be like the norm
1: yeah and there's a lot of questions i have but you're the nerdy one i'm thinking paint <laughs> you're thinking okay so you know the house will there's there's a lot more to this so if anybody's listening going what are they talking about there's already things in place that will monitor the uh, inhabitants of the house. Uh, But my question makes sense. Where does all this information go? Certainly you don't want your neighbors to know that you're depressed or maybe you do.
0: Right. So like I said, the not sending it all to the cloud to some commercial entity is one thing. And then the the question then would be the alert if your house. So there, uh, Massimo from uh, Arduino made this joke when they were they were talking about IoT. So IoT is the big thing. He said, "Why does everybody want to know when I flush the toilet?" In his Italian accent. And uh, so, yeah, why you you shouldn't need to be notifying Google and Facebook at every turn. So, certainly, computing power in your in your pocket is probably sufficient for most of what we're talking about here. So it could be it could be happening in your home. Privately. But then, yeah, who, who does your uh, smart home of the future tell if there's a problem? And that is a good question. That is, that is one of those, like, society's health should come before, like, you know, you can't call the police.
1: Right. Well, you you know, look at the HIPAA laws. You know, do you tell the parent of the person who maybe is living alone and he doesn't tell his mother or his father that he's deeply depressed? Well, if the house told the mother without his permission, then you're going against the HIPAA laws. But there's something that I wanted to bring up and I probably might have talked about it before, but years ago I heard about the beds that they have in England, and maybe they have them here now, where if you have a parent living alone, you can monitor their weight when they get in bed to yep. see if they're losing weight if they're. and you can tell from that if they're not eating, are they then shrinking and becoming very ill, could that be a depression? Um, so they would have to say um, they would have to get, mother, daughter, son, mother, father, yeah. whatever, and agree, if you don't live with me, you live someplace else, I could monitor your health. I think that's a great idea.
0: Sure. And so what you end up with is uh, eventually down the road, <clears throat> pardon me, when you have multiple – so, okay, so today you might own an Apple Watch and you might own a uh, – Wise, is it? Uh, no, not wise. There, but a smart scale of some sort that is not from Apple. Uh, you might own uh, a variety of of uh, quantified self devices that measure your health and well-being, but they may not talk to each other. Or maybe you're using the Apple Health or Google Fit tools, which are good for athleticism, but not necessarily general health. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're handing over this data to somebody else. So in the world of sensors, it's called sensor fusion, when you can take different sensors and combine them to build a picture of what you're trying to analyze, right? So um, if you have a, a nine degree of freedom sensor to you know, a gyroscope and a accelerometers and everything in your phone that can detect when it's oriented and moving and all that, and then you can combine that with uh, a light sensor and maybe a temperature sensor, you could detect whether somebody is inside or outside, right? Because you would know something about their environment. Mm-hmm. They're moving, they're outside, the phone is in their pocket. So by, by, so sensor fusion is combining different sensors to, to form this picture. So if your home could do this, because uh, if, if I go to the, uh, the FBI example, like I said earlier with the VTA lot problem, the, sh- the uh, yard shooting, mm-hmm. if if there was a uh, law enforcement fusion, I guess, and this this is a problem we've seen time and time again over through history, <laughs> like, oh, one agency didn't talk to the other and maybe there's a HIPAA problem if it's medical re- related, but maybe it's just, just administrative problems. Uh, silliness the so get get drawing building a picture from data and analysis is the one of the challenges so totally doable if someone goes down that road i think uh you're like i said your home you if you're living in your home you're in your home for a nice chunk of each day sleeping or otherwise so your home should be a participant in your health assessment not I think, I think a lot of data is just getting thrown away. So it's a question of capturing the data and then being able to analyze it without sharing it with every cloud service in the, on the planet. Because mm-hmm. I think that's ridiculous. But
1: Yeah. Well, there are things that are out there that monitor people health-wise. Um, but not being a doctor, I just don't want to go into that section of, of uh, physical health. Or mental health. So I want to talk about uh, something I want to complain about. You know, there are people who use words, they throw them around uh, sometime. Right now the new word is pause. I noticed that when the last two months everybody, and this is typical, the um, reporters, the people on TV, everything is, well let's give pause. But there was a pause, you know, that's sickening. But the one that really irks me is the word awesome, which I don't think is very awesome. Awesome is an overused word. And everything, especially if you're probably, well, I want to say 25 or younger, although I've heard people older who think they're just, you know, the uh, real smart people of the world, and everything that they comment with has the word awesome. So my experience that I have to laugh at is when I went to a restaurant before the pandemic, obviously, and I gave my name for the waiting list. And he said, what's your name? And I said, Nancy. And he said, awesome. And I said, can you tell me why my name is awesome? And he looked at me like, what? What are you talking about? So the word comes out of a lot of people's mouth without ever engaging in the brain. To me, it makes them sound stupid. Um, it's not appropriate in when it's used in a lot of uh, sentences. So people, clean up your act. Start acting like you're a smart person, like you've been educated higher than the third grade, and pick out some good words that you can uh, integrate into your conversation and make you sound smarter, maybe smarter than you are, but... That's that's my complaint for the week. I am just really tired of some people overusing the words, and half the time they don't even know what they're talking about. Have you ever had that instance, Dan?
0: Uh, yeah, all the time. Um, the The world is uh, is full of people who don't understand how language works. So it's the way it is. I think the. I think I've mentioned this before, uh, on, on our show here, the, the fact that linguists often get a lot of attention. So Steven Pinker, Noam Chomsky, for example, those are two somewhat celebrated and, uh, often in media. Steven Pinker, I haven't seen in a while, but he, he made a big, uh, splash with his book about how things aren't so bad, basically. (laughs) and there's a the thing about language is that it's a, it's pretty it's a pretty fundamental part of the human experience and it has led to tremendous advances because if you can communicate things like here's how you farm <laughs> that's where the herd is over there let's you go that way i'll go this way you know th- these are back in the day thousands of years ago i guess
1: Oh yeah, communication. Or, or yesterday.
0: Spirits, yeah. Sure. So the ability to collaborate with language, but then there is the <clears throat> the 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 mismatch. Like uh what the the there's the expression uh the UK and America are too, too what is it?
1: I don't too, know where you're going ali- or I'd help
0: you Two Allied nations separated by a common language. So British English and American English are by design different things. Um, if you ever look at the history of American English, why certain spellings were changed and simplifications and whatnot, it's actually kind of interesting. They were it was an attempt to be inclusive because of the immigrant population in the early American, you know, colonies and then eventually the state, uh the states. So yeah, uh, American English is a simplification of sorts. And then, if you look at the uh, the history after that, where as America was moving around the, the globe, you know, military bases and other outreach <laughs> into other places, the use of um, I think they call it Basic English, or I can't remember. So like, uh, air, not air. What's the uh, the the american radio station that is broadcast in other countries they use this basic english which i think has a vocabulary of 1500 words so it's more easily consumed by people so so language is a um, is a very big deal and the the misuse of words leads to some judgments or some classifications of people into learned and not for example right Mm -hmm. So if you use, but if you use a lot of big words, then that might be off-putting to, to the casual listener who, uh, this person throws around a word salad, which is also possible. So speaking to your audience. So it's, it's an interesting topic and it's one, uh, fraught with implication. If you. If if you're a salesperson and you are speaking to a customer and you're using the word awesome incorrectly or or over overusing it, they may you may lose the sale right. So that has a direct impact on, as in one example, right? Like the impression you give to a potential customer may yeah. impact your how you make your living. As just one example of many, so.
1: You know what's funny that we have a lot of um, Spanish-speaking people in Phoenix, and you can listen to a lot of teenagers with an accent, and they're talking to each other, and they'll go, "Yeah, that was awesome," and so they can pick it up right away. They pick up all of these colloquialisms, ex- you know, extremely fast. Um, but they're I marvel because they are bilingual, and I'm certainly not, but. They're all sounding the same, you know. They're all using the same um, expressions. They half the time I don't even understand what they're saying, but anyway, that's yeah, part of pure,
0: life. It's how you participate in your peer group, right? If you're if you don't speak English and you're, or if you don't speak the language of your peer group, say, then you are left out. So you you become accepted if you can. Share a conversation, and I, I cannot remember there there are some societies or cultures that where children and adults speak different languages uh, aside from America. <laughs> so there's there's literally a, a separate language for each, and yeah, that's something. So it's a way to isolate conversation, I suppose. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, language is uh, not trivial. Should be taken seriously. That was the the crux of the arrival. I don't know if you saw that movie with the the septopods. No, the I did The circular didn't. the circular uh it was a good movie, but it it uh the take home was that language, understanding language and using it changes the way you think, and it's not un it's not incorrect.
1: Mm. Well, going back to uh, Las Vegas, I was going to ask you how Stephen, the cameraman walking around Las Vegas, is doing. Uh, he's probably going to have to fight the crowds as of June first, huh?
0: Yeah, the not leaving Las Vegas YouTube channel, and there are others. I once you <laughs> once you watch one episode of a. Hey, I'm in Las Vegas, YouTube channel. You get all of them. You know, YouTube will recommend you spend your entire life watching YouTube videos about Las Vegas. But uh, I like him because he's mostly unassuming. He's a little bit more down to earth than some other people. And um, not to say that he's not the expert on all things, because everybody who does this, that's sort of your role. You are informing people about Las Vegas. And so if you come off as not knowing what you're talking about, then why would I I watch your channel? Why don't I watch this other guy who seems to know everything, whether it's right or wrong? So anyway, he was wandering around downtown Fremont. And by the way, uh, it's unfortunate. I think it's kind of a shame, but when you say I'm going to downtown Las Vegas, tourists will only see or hear about Fremont there's actually more downtown. Sometimes they'll talk about the arts district. And even he said last night, like, oh, well, you know, the first Friday is the most, uh, the most activity. And it's in the arts district for, for the downtown area. Um, Which I guess will be true again. We'll see. But anyway, the, <clears throat> the video last night, he was, he was wandering around Fremont and it, it kind of struck me that it's, I mean, I don't. I don't really go downtown much, <clears throat> even even after the pandemic, which it's obviously done, right? Uh, I don't find myself yearning to be on Fremont Street again. It's it's an interesting place to go now and then, yeah, but I can't
1: see it. I can't see going back there.
0: Well, I mean, if there there are certainly some nice restaurants downtown. It's during the downtown project. It was. It was uh, arguably fun because the the nature of the that because because all the downtown project companies, the startups that that were encouraged to move into the area, they were all these people would be wandering around doing their thing, right? Either. Either going to a social meetup thing at the work in progress for the social dinner on Wednesday, or going to downtown podcasts, or there's other yeah, meetups. For, the,
1: for those who don't understand the downtown project, do you want to just give them a.
0: No, I don't. No, okay. It's not. I, I've done. <laughs> I've done entire other podcasts on it. It's if you don't know what it is now, it doesn't matter. So it's
1: gone anyway. So
0: it's basically gone. Yeah. So, but but it was it created a college atmosphere, right? So you you could literally be wandering down the street on Fremont fremont east uh by the beat coffee shop and there'd be three or four people outside maybe smoking a cigarette or whatever hey dan how's it going so it it's unusual to wander around anywhere in las vegas and to have people on the sidewalk know you mm-hmm. recognize you say hello and then you know them and all that so <clears throat> so it was an interesting time but generally speaking uh as a tourist, you come to Vegas every once in a while. Yeah, it's fun. I, I think it kind of has like a state fair feel to it. Yeah, there's odd shows going on and whatnot. But as someone who lives here, I don't find myself drawn I, now. <clears throat> so I it, there's there's a nice uh, restaurant, maybe, or a, a nice bar, or if somebody's going to be in town, they, hey, you want to meet up? I was uh, a friend of mine from Intel was in town last week, last weekend. And so I think it was Sunday, Sunday afternoon, 90 minutes. So I caught the bus downtown. We met up at uh, Oak and Ivy, which is a small bar inside the container park because she had been there before. She brought her husband. They got married last year. Phil. Phil. So they stayed downtown. They were living it up downtown. It's it's a little bit less chaos than the uh, the strip. We met up for ninety minutes. And I took a bus back home. That that was enough for the day. I, mm-hmm. I I don't find myself needing to spend hours and days.
1: Somebody asked me one time, "Oh, isn't it dangerous to live in Las Vegas because you've got the strip there and you could be gambling all the time?" And you're a perfect example of living in Las Vegas does not uh, draw you to the to gamble Uh, you don't spend your life in the casinos
0: but i'm actually not a perfect example so people that move to las vegas i think you'll go on one of two tracks either you take in the life of las vegas now and then you know some people if you want to see a show everything ends up in vegas eventually i mean you know musical performances and whatnot uh various musicians comedians they 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 have residences here and stuff, and there's always there's always something. You know, if you like uh, Cirque du Soleil, if you like uh, comedy, like I said, there's there's always something. Or no shortage of restaurants. Uh, certainly no shortage of clubs and bars and uh, plenty of shopping. So yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff here because it's a destination city. However, if you go down the other path, which is like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to make this my life. Then, uh, I can see people <clears throat> cause the gambling, uh, local casinos, the off strip casinos here, they make money from locals. Oh, right. So the, the station casinos, there's a station casino, uh, Santa Fe station is probably 10. If I was going to drive in a car, I, it would be about a 10 minute drive maybe from me. Yeah. And that's a full size, they got a buffet, they got loyalty cards, you know, it's a it's a just like any other casino resort, quote unquote resort. And they are powered by locals. So people go there and play video poker or whatever. So of the two million, two and a half million people that live in Clark County, some percentage of them have to support our economy by gambling. So okay. it's a, it's an interesting. Uh, there there are gambling machines inside gas stations, inside grocery stores. <laughs> so oh, you can either get stuck and in that. God forbid
1: or no. you don't put the last quarter you own into the slot machine at the airport. I know, <laughs> right? I mean, you you come into Las Vegas and you hear all the bells and whistles. So you want to just start off and say, "Well, let me just put in a quarter," because I know that a lot of people do that and. They win all these thousands of dollars with their first quarter. So that's why they get you as soon as you get off the plane. And then the people getting on the plane probably go, Yeah, I got a quarter left before I go home. Let me just try my luck. They got you coming and going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that is the economy here. There's a, there is a reason there. The, the casino, the resorts on, and by the way, the city of Las Vegas ends at approximately Sahara. So the strip is in unincorporated Carr County. A lot of people don't know that. So they just assume everything's Las Vegas. And uh, the city of Las Vegas is separate from the Las Vegas, um, what is it called? A uh, conference, conference and visitor board no lvcva anyway so the the tourism industry here is uh, larger than the city of las vegas so every time somebody was winning money they were publicizing it right like oh visitor from iowa wins 1 million dollar uh the jackpot or some locals were winning so anyway they but they were publicizing all these jackpot wins because they want people to come here and gamble obviously casinos have a net profit from gambling that's why they do it as somebody said you know all the all the strip wasn't built by people winning money
1: no that's true
0: so the the uh the winnings were advertised but the casinos so even though they were shut down for i think it was 78 days in 2020 they were still operating at diminished capacity uh uh people not mentality and the casinos were actually able to continue to make money because they laid off everybody. So they're basically running bare bones, but still making money. You're, you're still there, right? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, so I, I'm, that, just, I'm sorry. I'm
1: just wondering when you said that they publicize, you know, Joe Blow just won uh, $10,000 and he's from Iowa. That's also so that all his friends can ask him for a loan. I bet you he's happy with that.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't want to tell people. Um, yeah, I know. I, I asked you that because Zencaster is telling me that we lost our connection, but that's not true. No, so, you're right. Uh, I'm not a fan of Zencaster, as we know. But anyway, so yeah, the the um, the day-to-day in Las Vegas, I think, is interesting. And so that guy, Steven, who wanders around Las Vegas, he has a day job, but he he wakes up every morning and does like a video about the latest news and he, so he gets rumors and people tell him stuff because that's the nature of the biz. Um, and then on the weekends, he just wanders around the strip and talking to people and that's fine. I appreciate that. I can appreciate, uh, you know, Hey, you get to know this person and that person. When I was visiting with my friend, when she and her husband were visiting, uh, here, we were at the Oak and Ivy and it was right away. Oh, have you heard from, uh, this guy, that guy, this so-and-so still work over there? You know, so you get to know people. Yeah. And uh, it's it's sort of a um, cheers-like, right? Yeah. This bartender, this server, this uh, person at the restaurant, whatever. But at some point, like I was watching Steven last night, and uh, I was like, I just can't imagine feeling pressured to like I gotta go wander around downtown and take videos of people. Uh,
1: well, he wander, set up you know. he set up that um, I guess his schedule that he's going to do this on weekends, and if he's not feeling good, uh, what does he do? Send out his assistant.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I'm sure you know you got to take a day off, but yeah, he. The YouTuber dilemma, right? Like, cause you, you get penalized effectively, you get penalized for not producing content regularly. Really? Your rankings will go down. They won't Mm -hmm. recommend your video. You know, so it's just, you got to stay active. You got to stay pushing new content and keep it interesting. Mm. And that's why everybody always, you know, I think we jokingly do it, but it's always be sure and like, and subscribe, ring that bell, hit it twice. You get the, you know, all this, you know, YouTube is, is, uh, has is pulling the strings.
1: Who bought YouTube? Was it Facebook? Google? Oh, Google. Like, well, like a Facebook. A long time ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. So like they're pushing ago. people to constantly be liking um, or commenting or you got to do this or like you said, ring the bell or Facebook. Follow me. Be my friend. You know, all this other stuff. I mean, the whole society is being run by social media. Um, I guess it's sense, sensor, sensor it.
0: inputs and sensor yeah. fusion. So we were just talking about that with health data, but engagement data begins with when you wake up in the morning <laughs> right? and your, your smart devices and your network activity. So every time you visit a website that's tied to Facebook, then they're measuring like, Ooh, Nancy visits Pinterest. And then she goes over to, uh, some, uh, you know, home the weather, I always check the weather for people weather.
1: really, yeah. Sure. So I go, oh, look every day it's going to be a hundred plus a hundred plus we're in that, uh, that weather pattern.
0: I looked for spectrum, rosemary infused, uh, olive oil on, well, various places. Cause, uh, Smith's was out of it. So yesterday and I already determined that VitaCost has a, a good price, $8, I think. Yesterday at some point, uh, this was multiple days ago, and I haven't really looked for it since. But yesterday I was visiting some other website, and there were five or six ads. They call it a gateway. No, they call it a roadblock. Like They fill the the page with all the same ad or the same product.
1: Oh, that's been so happening just, to me lately too. So I
0: had five, five, six, seven, eight, whatever it was. The whole entire screen was full of pictures of uh, this bottle of olive oil. I'm like, this, this is ridiculous. But it does, it just, you know, blasts you in the face with this, um, whatever you do over there is going to come back and bite you over here. <laughs> so, oh,
1: well, so no matter what you do, your phone knows exactly where you were. And not only that, I have Google. Uh, survey which you introduced me to and um do you want to talk about it or do you want me to
0: i don't you, you can talk about it
1: so they they tease you with oh you could make money with if you answer some questions on our survey so if i go to a store and then i'll get a survey question did you go to store number one two three and they'll name the stores And you can either say none of the above or, yes, I went to this store. You click on it. Okay, did you um, buy something? Did you purchase it with a debit card or a credit card? Uh, If you happen to have the receipt, can you send it to us? So when I get these $0.32 or it, it does add up, you can't cash in for real money, but you can buy apps. You can update your apps to Pro or you can uh, buy a book on Google, uh, books. So you can buy a $14 book. It's stored in your phone and read it and you haven't actually shelled out the money. So there's advantages, but I've actually accepted the fact that my damn phone knows exactly where I am. And then I'm helping them by answering questions. Of course, you don't have to answer the questions and they always want to know and they'll, as you've warned me, they will ask the same questions every so often just to check on you to make sure that you're not lying, if you can believe that. So they have a way of checking on everything that you do, everything that you've been to. Um, I draw the line with, no, I'm not sending you my receipt. Just go to hell. But anyway.
0: So a couple things. First of all, uh, it's opt-in. But although your phone always has to know where you are because that's how mobile networks work. So it has to know which cell to connect to and all that. So that's a fact of life. And there's there's sort of a contract that people have made with themselves and with their carrier that, okay, you're going to know where I am by design. That's how the technology works. So, okay. so But as that information starts getting shared across, uh, we just talked about sensor fusion, so we'll do it again. So when I connect location with behavior with, uh, recurring behavior, then, uh, then you start getting into areas that you didn't agree to. You're still there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Zencastr is popping up these, uh, alerts and, uh, did I mention I'm not a fan? Zencaster? it's kind of yeah, buggy. I think, I think anyway, did. <laughs> so, so just to be, to be clear or fair, I guess, um, you're you are being paid by the google opinion rewards application they're correlating your you know every time i go to smith's i get a the survey you just mentioned and they'll pay you like 46 cents or 38 cents or whatever and that adds up that's nice you don't pay for that. now when i saw the five or six uh olive oil ads that is a little, so, so the Google opinions rewards, that's, that's Google asking you questions and paying you money for your responses. So you're like, okay, well, that's not, they're not hiding anything really. They're not, they're, right. they're being pretty upfront and you don't have to t- give them the receipts and all that crap. So yeah, uh, I, the only thing I get for seeing all those ads for the olive oil is the, the host of this website is getting some sort of affiliate revenue. If I click on something so that's sort of paying for the experience cuz i'm not paying that person to view their website but i'm also not always aware that everything i do everywhere all the time is always up for grabs for anybody who wants to monetize me and that's the whole the user is the product thing so that's where the, hopefully there will be a realization at some point like i you know the internet is not free right somebody's paying their their internet bill every month yeah and you're paying your cell phone bill every month so at some point the equities have to be rebalanced because you're paying your cell phone bill for connectivity somehow the the, the reason that you're paying for this you know web access is because there are web pages so if there was no web page there would be no people getting web access right they'd be not paying for data they'd be paying for voice so like the old days so the the marketplace is so out of whack that no nobody the the people the humans us the product we don't really get compensated for what the role that we play we are considered the uh, the product yeah right so it's an interesting challenge and uh it's it's nothing we're going to solve here but it's much yeah. more vast than you can ever imagine
1: uh, when i watch youtube uh, not full shows for hours but They'll always integrate without saying, oh, now the commercial, but they stop the, the YouTube item and they integrate a commercial and you sit there and you've got to watch this thing or walk away, but then what you were watching starts up again. So you can't walk away because you're going to miss it if it's a story or an interview or whatever. So I think they've gone overboard with that stuff, but nobody asked me, so...
0: Well, I mean, you can always rewind, I guess. Um I guess. The joy, that's the TiVo, hopefully, has has uh, primed our society for non-real-time media consumption. I mean, when's the last time you listened to a live radio show? Last night. So do you ever wish you could scroll back and listen to that phone number again? Or who was that guy they're talking to? Or who was, what was her no, name? not really. Okay. Um,
1: I can always, if I need the phone number, I can go online and, and look at their website. But,
0: ah, so you know, they have but a that's, guess.
1: Did you ever notice on the radio, though, when you're listening to real time, they think automatically that you have a pencil and a paper, pencil and a pad in your hand at all times. And they'll go, our number is blah, 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 blah. And they'll repeat it fast three or four times, which is annoying. But there again, they're they're talking so fast. Who has the time to run over and get a pencil and then, you know, write down the number? So,
0: well, that, yeah, yeah. that was exactly the point I was making was if you hear something that you want to revisit, what was the name of the person in the interview? What was the length of their, what was the title of the book they wrote? Who was that other thing, the agency there? Well, live radio, you can't really scroll back, but basically, most radio stations now simulcast online or you can download shows and, right. you can you can recapture that that listening experience by going and getting an offline recording. So the world of live broadcast has become very uh you got to compete. But anyway, yeah, I I very rarely watch live anything. Cuz why bother?
1: Uh yeah, well, I try not to because I can skip through the commercials. The
0: the only reason that live is interesting is the interaction, right? You could call into that radio show. Yes, true. And we've talked about doing live streaming here. Uh, so if people were interested in talking about sensor fusion or awesome or whatever, they could participate and that's interesting. But as far as like, I, I just, I just listened to an audiobook, book. Uh, it's called the Mark Twain's feast. I think it was, it was actually much more interesting than I thought it would be. It was free, free book, free audio book. And it was Nick Offerman reading about, you know, the eight courses of the, the Mark Twain Feast. But it was a bunch of history and it was very interesting. It was a very interesting read. Uh,
1: Wow. I would like to know just, you know, as, you know, uninteresting facts, but you started reading at an early age and you're constantly reading. I wonder how many books in your lifetime you've read.
0: It's hard to say. I don't, uh, I think people that that spend too much time thinking about that would be <laughs> need something else to do. Um, I mean there are people there are people that do that conscientiously. They'll buy you know they have a bookshelf. I've read every one of the all that kind of stuff. But Yeah.
1: Uh, or they keep track of things. Oh, you know, I've yeah. read seventeen thousand books, but hey, Dan, it's getting to that time. I got things to do, people to meet, places to go, and this has been such a joy. But we It's been awesome. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far.
0: That was New Jersey style though. Awesome.
1: Yeah. I know. Maybe one day we'll do a podcast in our Jersey accents, but I try not to use it. And don't tell me I sound like I'm from New Jersey or New York. I would try really hard not to use that accent. So on that note, I hope everybody enjoyed today's show. Uh, and you can comment if you want, but you're listening on any platform that you typically listen to your podcasts on. Oh, I have to do my commercial for uh, Home Design Chat with Nancy. As you know, as I've said before, uh, this is a podcast about everything except design. My podcast that I do weekly is Home Design Chat with Nancy. I usually have a guest with me every week and we talk about everything having to do with your home and we're on a lot of platforms you can just go and google and put in my name or home design chat with nancy to listen to it um, it's fun doing podcasts my favorite thing is to talk um, when i started talking when i was however old i was um, that's more fun than anything else and so i'll continue doing that until i can't talk anymore as dan knows right uh, yep <laughs> if you want to learn more about me you can go to nancyhugo.com and that's a website I have. And if you have any questions for me or for Dan, we each have our own email address. Mine is nancy at hugofloss.co. And Dan, yours Dan, is
0: Dan at Hugofloss, Hugofloss.co. We I think I I've already gone into the the inspiration for the name of the show, but uh, maybe I'll stick that in the show notes, which by the way, are now uh in newsletter form because I don't know that people were really reading through the, uh, the RSS feed that's in your podcast reader and whatnot. So now you can subscribe to our newsletter or even read them online. And I stick uh, relevant links and other stuff in the show notes each week. And you, you can visit uh, Hugo Floss CO. So it's just like the domain name, Hugo Floss CO. So no dot. So Hugo Floss CO, then a dot then substack, S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K.com. You'll get to the Hugo Floss show notes newsletter and uh, you can subscribe or not. You can you can visit the pages and the, the, the you'll get it in your inbox via email or you can visit the pages at that website. Uh, I put a link to that in the actual RSS feed show details so you can find it there along with our email addresses and... You can send an email along if you want to be a guest. Hey, we have a guest coming up for next week. Yeah, we do. We're going to record that show during the week. Uh, eventually, we want to do live live stream at least to enable some, you know, some section of our some segment of our listeners to chime in, ask questions, involve themselves in our conversation uh, with whomever. So I think that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Look forward to that.
1: Well, I do two podcasts a week, but Dan, you do actually three?
0: I'm doing this one and then two other ones. I'm trying to get those to be also weekly. Uh, I also would like to get guests and whatnot involved in there. But yeah, so Hugo Floss, we publish on Mondays. Uh, I'm going to try to do FFS talk, which is about topics that need to get fixed. What works, what doesn't, what can we do about it? Uh, I just did one on delivering big delta. Well, you know, changing the world. What does that really mean? And then my other one, quaggling sand, is just more casual, just about random stuff about what I'm working on each week. And hopefully I'll get other people to chat about what they're working on. So not so lofty a goal of changing the world, but uh and then we'll probably start a podcast for Casanunzia, which I'm sure we'll talk about more later in June.
1: All right. All and kinds of one stuff day on. you will talk about what quadling sand means. But for now, it's time to go. It's time to say, have a, a great weekend. You're publishing this on Monday, which is Memorial Day. Everybody is not working. You're probably out picnicking or walking the strip. So from me, I say, stay safe and have a great day. And from Dan,
0: have a great week by the time you listen to this and be sure and tune in for our next show when Phil will join us to talk about whatever we want. Phil who? Phil, wait, did I say Phil? No, Gil. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Phil was my friend's husband that was here with her. Uh, so oh, Gil. Oh, he's not
1: gonna join us. No,
0: Gil. 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 Sounds just like Phil, only with a G. It's a non-silent G. Well,
1: you can tell when we've been talking too long. We're getting goofy.
0: Gil bye, will Dan. join us, join in. Bye, Nancy, bye, listener. Have a, stay safe, be well.